to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. This is episode number three, Armageddon and Museums. Hey Chris, how's it going? Hey Sam, good, good, how are you? Yeah, good, this is episode number three of the Chris and Sam podcast and let's get right into it. So a bit of news today, a Spanish woman has had to confess to her husband that she cheated on him at the hen's night with a dwarf. Now this all came about because nine months after the hen's night, she gave birth to a baby and it had dwarfism. So it's pretty big here in New Zealand to have that what goes on to a stays on to a mentality. So whatever happens at these things, you sort of keep it between yourselves. But uh, when you when you spit out I, a sprog I, that's not yours. I have trouble with that one. Like, um, okay, so... I can see maybe the women jumping on these strippers and stuff and, you know, getting a little bit too... But a dwarf, dwarf stripper, really? Apparently they're quite big in Spain and they are called... <laughs> the big dwarfs. No, no, they, they are. They've got heaps of entertainers, that dwarf, and they're called um, little boys, I think, was what right. the thing was. Something in the technology side, a lot of free apps... Used to spy on millions of phones. Actually, the example is any of the flashlight apps. Apparently, there's a lot of shady ones out there. So if you install an app and it says, I need all these permissions, like to check your messages and answer your phone calls. And check your location. Yeah, yeah. uh, it's probably not a good idea. Just find one that, once in a blue moon, I do find an app that says, I don't need any permissions to do anything. I'm just going to do what I've been advertised to do. And it's like, whoa. And those apps won't have advertising or anything, so that was pretty cool. That's awesome. And two 20-year-olds from Brisbane, Australia, have set up a charity called Orange Sky Laundry. They outfitted a van, and they've got a couple of washers and dryers in the back, and they've been driving around for the last month and doing the homeless people's clothes. Now, this has been pretty big news in Australia. Like The media's been picking it up. They've got a lot of support from people, including people with the van and the dryers and all that sort of stuff. And you can support them by prepaying a $6 for a load of washing to be done for a homeless person. That's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty cool. Well, when you think about it, it, it is really cool. It's, it's a bit different. So just check them out, facebook.com forward slash OSLaundryAU, and you can see what the guys have been up to there. Well, I like that. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I, do the you feel- think that sort of thing would catch on over here? I was thinking about it, and I, I don't know. I think I think we have a different type of homeless person here. I don't know. <laughs> what, what do you mean about a different type of homeless person? I just I just don't think they'd go for it. They'd probably try and steal your washing machine. And, okay. and well, the thing here, <laughs> I, I, that's just my opinion. But in other parts of the world, you have pure homeless people. And a small proportion of them have mental health issues. I think we're the other way around. I think all homeless people here have mental health issues and aren't just homeless. And we're not addressing that first problem, which is the mental health issue. Yeah, yep. actually, that, that's a good call. Um, because in my experience, and I see a lot of them walking through town here. I've just passed they, two of them driving to your house this morning. Yeah, and they they do. They accost you in the street. And that some, some of what they say just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. So these guys are doing a great thing, and we all know what it's like to be wearing nice, clean clothes. So for $6, these homeless people must feel like a million bucks. 
Yeah, that's cool. After no, I, I think it's a, a really good idea. I, I'm just interested, you know, how do you get all the water in the van to do a washing machine? You know what I mean? Uh, that's a good question. I have no idea. They did have a whole bunch of photos of them rigging up the van. So it's yeah, got a false... because it'd have to have got, a huge water tank or it's something. It's got like a false floor. I know that. And then it's all wired up to power everything. So unless they hook into um, like a hose... Yeah. On the side of the road, find a tap. Because I suppose the dirty water going out can be fine. It'll just go out into the gutter. Yeah, uh, I guess if the council's okay with that, but I'm sure they looked into it. Yeah. And there's other people on their Facebook site saying, oh, we're going to start this up and Oops. We're going to start that up in other parts of the world. Nice. So I don't know if it's an actual thing that's happening everywhere, but these Australian guys are doing it and are in the news at the moment. Cool, cool. All right, so what did you get up to in the weekend, Sam? Well, I went to Rotorua and hung out there, but I thought we'd talk about Armageddon first, because I didn't go to Armageddon, and I was a little bit gutted I didn't, but that's okay. There's always next year, but I know you went. Yeah, okay, so for those that don't know, Armageddon is like, the, I guess, the New Zealand equivalent of Comic-Con, would you say that's about yes. right? Yeah, so it's a bunch of, of nerds. <laughs> um, enthusiasts. In fact, in fact, enthusiasts. In fact, I had a really... Um, I had to laugh because one of the girls that came along for the – we were promoting a movie. I'll talk about that in a second. But one of the girls that came along had never been to Armageddon, doesn't know anything about anything. Was and, she with you guys? Yeah, she was with us. Wow, that would have been eye-opening for her. Oh, yeah. And so – but the, the funny thing is she'd asked somebody at work, you know, wherever she works, I forget now, um, what, what's this Armageddon like? And he goes, well, there's a lot of hot women in costume that are nerds that don't know they're hot. And there's a lot of geeky guys that look at the hot women but can't think that it'd ever get anywhere, so they never ask them out. So never the twain shall meet. Yes, and she yes. said afterwards, that's exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. So we were there to promote the Star Wars Outcasts um, movie, fan film that we're doing. We uh, got there, got dressed up. The thing when you're doing the promotion, and, and I knew this, so I didn't look at the program too much because I just knew we're not going to see bugger all really no and and th- that that happens with any event if you're involved in it or you're promoting something you do not get time to walk around like a general member of the public to see things I know and it, it was a shame because I, I dragged one of my friends um, in Auckland along she'd never been either um, to Armageddon or anything like that. And she was a bit gutted because we missed Jenna Coleman because she's a Doctor Who fan. I would have liked to see Jenna Coleman because I'm a Jenna Coleman you, fan. You just want to see her in person <laughs> instead of just on the screen. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so we missed Jenna Coleman, but it was good. The, we got a lot of um, – we, we staked out a, an area in front of a black curtain. We had people just coming past taking photos of us. Um, Were you set up? Like, you didn't have an actual area as such, did you? No, no, no. Okay, so you a bit of guerrilla marketing, let's just work around. totally guerrilla marketing. I saw a couple of photos that you guys had posted to uh, the Facebook page, which was cool. Were you hanging around with the, what's the Star Wars, is it the The 501st? 501st, yeah. So um, the 501st Legion is an international sort of fan club of, of Star Wars all stormtroopers. And, and you've got to be, there's a lot of rules to it. You've got to be over 18. You've got to get your armor made to certain specifications and it costs a grand to two grand for your armor and so you can't it's not just do it on the whim you have to be pretty dedicated yeah you got to be you got to be right into it and but they they turn up at all these things they have a stand and they collect money for charity i I think it's kids charity i I can't remember i know we threw some money in but um 
But yeah, so they're really good guys, and they had this great set because what you don't notice in the photo, it looks like the control panel. All those screens have got wired diagrams moving around and all oh, that wow. stuff. It's That's not cool. static. It's yeah. like active, and it's it looks real cool. And so they had the Star Wars uh, costumes. There was a Darth Vader there. It was a full-sized R2-D2. Um, and so we, we sort of crashed there set a little bit we're but, trying not to do it too much no no because we don't want to piss them off the um you don't want to annoy them i don't want to annoy them that's what i said the uh <laughs> the, the r2d2 is quite interesting because he's there every year and one year he he must have just brought it in and he was coming in like a side exit and it was like in pete like he had the whole back of it off and he was trying to get it to go i don't know what was wrong with it but i think he was charging it up or trying to get the remote control to work with it it was all yeah. sorts of strange just watching him trying to get well, the thing it, to go it just sat there this time. yeah it didn't move at all it just sat there so I, I thought it was just unless, uh, unless there's more people with RT yeah. there probably yeah, is more probably people because you can buy the yeah you can buy plans online and stuff yeah so it, but it looked really good so um, so we got a lot of photos there we got a lot of photos with other people in costume which was great there was a um, there was a, a, a dummy toy box that kids go in and put on Marvel gear and, and oh, cool. um, they stand in the toy box so they've got a it's a toy so we all did that we've got our own action figures now at least online and photos oh I, I look forward <laughs> to seeing that I just posted that on uh, on my Facebook uh, just before you got here I think I'll have so, to yeah, check that out so that was cool but one of the biggest things that I saw was we did go and listen to some local directors so there were three directors or three filmmakers um, I think they're all Auckland based. And they're doing feature films. And there's Stella 541, 45, no, Stella 459. Got to get the yes, numbers yes. right. Stella 459, which is a steampunk style movie. And it's a, the, the mining is in Jupiter. And there's a big steam train looking thing that goes through space that they heist the payroll from. So it's a train heist in space, steampunk styles. I've got to say the uh, the special effects and the animation looks, because we saw a trailer. I think I've seen that enough. trailer. It yeah. sounds very familiar. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 yeah. The, the animation stuff looks great. So that was really cool. Then um, some of the acting were sort of a bit, ooh, okay. Yeah. But that's, you get that thing where you listen to a Kiwi on film and you go, oh, do we sound like that? <laughs> So do you do when you see a Kiwi that's making it big in Hollywood? Do you do you have more respect for them because you understand how much they've had to hone their craft to not come across as a Kiwi? I, I think all film? the actors, all the actors that are really good, can do whatever accent. I mean, you you look at House; he doesn't sound English at all when no, he's on no, in America. No. And um, Ewan McGregor has a totally different thing. And David Tennant sounds quite different. Yes, yes. In an in an interview than he does on thing. So um, Sam Neill, he's a Kiwi, right? Is he? Yeah. He just lived here. Yeah. He so he he doesn't sound Kiwi at all. No. In films, you know. However, Timurera of Morrison in Star Wars, particularly his boy, where he goes, "Hey, Dad, is someone at the door?" <laughs> <laughs> That's make make like, me some eggs, woman. <laughs> that was funny. But yeah, so there were two other movies, and the other one was ARA, A-R-A, which had a really good science fiction sort of plot, and they've done something like uh, 46, 48 days of filming, which is a huge amount Whoa, cool. of filming, and they're currently in post-production. And it's a really interesting plot, and I won't really go through it, but if you go into Facebook and you search for ARA dash movie, you'll you'll find it. And the other one was St- the last star. And I watched the um 
trailer and I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. It's well done and stuff. But it wasn't until the director was talking about the story that I went, man, that's awesome. How come I didn't hear that in the trailer? Oh, so it wasn't portrayed in the trailer? No, the big story, the big story is that, you know, all, in the universe, all the stars are, are winking out, you know, over time. Yeah, yeah. And this is the last star left in the universe. Everything else is void. And there's these people that are feeding energy, like priesty type people, I guess, feeding energy back into the star to keep going as long as they can. But because it's the last star in the universe, all these other civilizations are flying in. And, of course, there's conflict after conflict after conflict. Yeah. It's a great idea. It's a brilliant idea. So, so, so these three films by the three directors, are they all independent? They're all independent of each other, yeah. And they're all... Um, they're all uh, only one of them did a little bit of Kickstarter funding. Oh yeah, uh, they're all self-funded. None of them went for the film commission because oh, okay, it's yeah, impossible yeah. if you do um, science fiction effectively. Do you yeah, think, do you think they're not a fan of science fiction, or is it just uh, this... film commission? No. Oh, oh, okay. Well, it's really hard to get a science fiction yeah, yeah, yeah. thing going with that. So, like with our one, Star Wars Outcasts. It's a Star Wars uh, fan film, so we can't really ask for um, funding for that. And our plan, uh, as you know, as I might have mentioned before, is we're doing five little short episodes and then we're doing the feature, which is 20 minutes. Then, when we've yeah. told that story, brought those characters together, then we're going to go to Kickstarter and say, if you want us to continue telling the story, give us some I think I think that's a great way of doing it. Yeah. It just seems to make so much more sense. Instead of just saying, give me some money for this idea in my head that I've written on paper, this is what we've done so far, these are the characters... If you like the story and you want it to grow and carry on, let's do the funding. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it'll be good. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting when we get to that final feature because um, our final like little feature before we ask for funding because hopefully we'll be much better then. Episode one and two and three might be a little bit more slack as we don't know what we're doing and we're getting more people on board. And that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to prove that we could do it beforehand. We've got a great story, I think. And um, but so yeah, how, how were you perceived at Armageddon? Was there a lot of um, yeah? Well, what's the word? I, I, I made a mistake. Hype. I'm going to take put my hand up and and be um, the bad guy on this one. I didn't get the flyers done for it, so we didn't have anything to hand what? out. I know, I know. So, so you look like just some people dressed up. And so stuff. every time people started crowding around to take photos, I'd be like, StarWarsOutcast.com, go and check it out. Oh, this they will not remember, remember that. that. I know, I know. So next, so you we're should have some flies done. Worst case scenario is you should have had a Sharpie and just written it on their hand. <laughs> Honestly, just go, come here at Star Wars Outcasts. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so that that was my bad. It was a bit of a miscommunication. I thought somebody else was doing it. Oh, and, okay. okay. You know, and so it never happened. Uh, and next time we'll have a cardboard thing that we can hold at the bottom of the frame of the photos. Yes. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make. So one the of next those, one that, that you'd be awesome. gearing up for would be Armageddon again, but in Hamilton. Uh yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But we're thinking about doing some other public events if we can get to them. So cool. That'll don't know awesome. what yet, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's um, it's worked out really good, really good so far. We got a lot of really good feedback. Anyway, so that's uh, that, that's uh, the Armageddon experience. But do check out those films. It's Ara Dash Movie, Stella Four Five Nine, 
and Last Star. They they look pretty good. They, none of them are finished yet, but um, jump onto their Facebook pages. They've all got Facebook pages, so well, you can see I'll, what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll hunt out the links and put them in the show notes. Yep, absolutely. So you can check that out at thechrisandsampodcast.com. Yay. Where all the episodes are and all the show notes. But what I was going to say, Armageddon, if you don't follow them on Facebook, follow them on Facebook, the Expo themselves. They post some awesome photos of the people that have attended. And they've got some cool information and prizes and things throughout the year. And one of the things they were posting on, I think it was late Saturday, and this was for the people on Sunday, make sure you bring cash because all the FPOS went down, apparently. Oh, dude, I I posted um, on my Facebook page, we are here, wherever it was, you know, opposite the uh, Disney Infinity thing, and it wouldn't post. 14 hours later, it posted. Yeah, I saw that. I had to yeah. put on the, the comments, yeah, I'm, I'm no longer yeah. at Armageddon. Because when you go to Armageddon, they've got one ATM machine inside. And when you come in one of the doors, you're trying to figure out what everyone's queuing up for. Because you're like, this must be amazing. And then once you've scanned past the 400 people, you realize it's the ATM machine and no one brought cash with them. Yeah, there was two ATM machines outside this time as well. Oh, very good, very cool. good. Cool. Um, but yeah, and a lot of places had FPOS, but uh, we got a pizza at one of these places and we had to sign the FPOS because yeah. they couldn't, yeah. the, the phone and network the, was down. And that so. would have thrown a lot of young people because young people do not understand how the old zip zap. Oh, they didn't have to do zip zap it. They ah. um, they still slid it through and it came out with a receipt and you had to sign the receipt. Okay. But yeah, a lot of young people don't know how to sign their name. So No. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, so um, that was... That was really, uh, that was really cool. And funny enough, I, I have to say now, Armageddon Hamilton first one three years ago. I went as a zombie because they had the yes. zombie walk, and they used my photo. Your photo pops up everywhere. I know as they a used that photo as look, a zombie to advertise Armageddon for like three years after yeah. that. You, you look better as a zombie than a normal person. I know. I know. You I'm, should put that. Actually, you should use it for everything. Here's my business card. <laughs> my face is half ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it did look good, actually. Anyway, so, how, about, how was your weekend? Yeah, my weekend was pretty good. I ended up in Rotorua. That's where I'm originally from, so I know my way around quite well. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I escaped many years ago, ended up in Tauranga for a little bit, and then came to Hamilton, and I've been here oh, almost 10 years now, I think, maybe. Okay, okay. It's close to that. So, ended up in Rotorua and ended up going to the Buried Village. I don't know if you've ever heard of that or been to it. No, no. Actually, I wonder if I have when I was a kid. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. The last time I was there was a kid as well. It's the most visited archaeological site in New Zealand where stories from the nine, oh, sorry, 1886 Mount Tarawera eruption come to life. So basically what happened is in 1886, Mount Tarawera erupted, covered everything in ash and killed everyone. And yeah. <laughs> over time... There was the pink terraces one, eh? Yes, yes. Took out the pink and white terraces and all that good stuff. So the reason for going there, my daughter had a book on Pompeii from school and she seemed to be really fascinated with that. So we decided, I decided to take her to the Buried Village which is pretty cool. And the Buried Village people are really nice. They asked if I was a local. I said, look... I used to be way back in the day. Don't worry, we'll just charge you. So only I had to pay to get in, which I thought was quite nice. That's cool. And we were walking around, and what they've got for the kids, and all the kids there were doing it, they have these little clues. They give you the very first one, and you have to find out where the other ones are around the whole site. Oh, yeah. So while they're not exactly taking in all the written information... 
because it's a lot of information if you were to sit there and read everything in the museum and then outside as you walk around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of, you come across the old hotel and there's the old cellar and you see what's left of that. There's the old blacksmith's house, all the stuff they've excav- excavated, all the old Maori fuddies slash houses, all that sorts of stuff. And right at the end is a very awesome looking waterfall that you can go and see. But when you say waterfall, are you are we talking a frozen waterfall or an actual waterfall? No, no, actual waterfall, actual oh, yeah. waterfall, and it's it's really nice. I'll I'll show you some photos later. And the thing is, if you've got children, you will understand what I'm about to tell you. When you have a child with you and you're going somewhere, they will need to go to the toilet when you are the furthest point away from a toilet. So we were walking around and we were miles away, and we've got this little map. I need to go to the toilet now. I was like, okay. um... Can you go in the bushes over there? No, I can't. Okay. Can you hold it in? Yeah, okay, I'm good. Let's just keep going then for a little bit. I really need to go to the toilet. Look, can you go in the... No, I can't go in the bushes. I have to do a poo. Okay. So we sort of Olympic sprinted it back to the start. We missed the waterfall because that was a massive detour. And we ended up back at the start. After being to the toilet, went back to the front, gave the woman the, the card the map that we had and I, she said how was it did you find the final clue I said look we didn't find the final clue but I know where it was oh okay cool here's a chocolate coin for your daughter okay cool this thanks for that I said can I go back in and can we look at the waterfall because we missed it yeah yeah no worries that's fine and I thought that was really cool thank you so much how's the fastest way to get to the waterfall uh there's not really so we went around again <laughs> so we managed to look at the place twice which is pretty cool yeah and and so did your daughter really enjoy the um enjoy it with the pompeii experience did she yeah yeah it was just it just the whole experience of of everything got buried and then they found all this stuff and dug it all up and then we yeah we saw the waterfall and that was really good how old's your daughter again she's six okay yep, yep. going on 26 <laughs> so that was good after that we went to the redwoods which is yeah. Whakarewarewa Forest. If you're wondering where that is, look that up. But uh, it's that's completely free, and we went for a walk there, and it's just amazing. They're it's, huge, aren't they? Yeah, huge, huge I've, trees. I've been there, but yeah. Oh, you should. That. They've got world-class mountain bike tracks, and if you're into mountain biking, check that out. And then the following day, following on from our museum theme, we went to the T, I'm going to read this so I get it right, Amarangi Trust Museum which is out towards the airport. It's only open on Thursdays and Sundays, and it's only open from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., so make sure you check that out. They're on Facebook. I'll put a link at the bottom. It's all run by volunteers, so they don't really have much time, and the biggest thing anyone can do is spread the word, and it's just... What have they got? Oh, wow. It's a whole bunch of European slash Maori old artifacts and things and all sorts of buildings and things. But one of the biggest, I guess, attractions is the amount of steam-powered equipment they have. They have a steam tractor, which is this huge... And they had that going, so you drove it in and out. Wow. And I, 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 I don't know if you've ever been, but in Rotorua, they've got a place called Kurau Park. And Kuro Park is a free open area and it's always got geothermal activities and about once or twice a year someone falls into a pit to their death. Um, they usually drive. <laughs> as you do, yeah. As you do. But one of the major attractions, well, one of the coolest things when we were growing up as kids in Rotorua was the playground. And this playground was huge. And they had all sorts of different stuff. And I mean, they had a tank. They had an actual tank from the war. I don't know where they got it from. 
and you used to be able to climb in and out of this tank and then they that would have been awesome and then they had these massive towers and everything and then years and years ago they got rid of everything and they just built a bog standard little playground that you can see everywhere but one of the things they had there was this huge steam tractor that was just sitting there and you could climb on it but when all that got moved down, these guys ended up with it in 2010, and they rebuilt it, and they actually drive it around now. Wow. God, that would have been a mission to rebuild. Yeah. Sitting outside. And but, but, the, but I guess the majority of it was there, built. It was yeah, yeah, almost yeah. ready to go. So the, the museum's really good. It's sort of out of the way, and if you don't know about it, you probably never find it. But um, one of the highlights was some fossilized sausages that they found somewhere <laughs> in this display case. It's a highlight. <laughs> yeah, well, it is to me. I like the weird stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it's, it just makes you think, though, because this is run by volunteers. They're all quite old. Yeah. Um, I think it was about six old guys roaming around, and there's a little train you can go on. It goes around in a loop. I just don't know what's going to happen with all this stuff when they old not- people start dying off. Yeah, 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 exactly. And they're not there to volunteer and fix things and do things up. I don't know. But check it out if you're in Rotorua. It's pretty good. Cool. So last podcast, you uh, challenged me to come up with my most embarrassing story. And I've, I've got one, but it's not. I've got a feeling it's going to be nothing compared to what you're about to tell me. Well, actually, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you my second most embarrassing story because I have a lot of them. Like a lot. A lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, um, but okay. okay, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's probably my second most embarrassing story. So we were, we were living in Spain and um, we went to the markets, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just the fruit market. It was just on the way home, you know, you've got lots of, well, food market, I should say, is, you know, dead rabbits hanging over here and seafood and crabs trying to get out of a bucket with the other crabs. Yeah, yeah, a there. real authentic market. Yeah, yeah. And so I was getting some fruit, actually, and I went along and I saw these peaches and I thought, yep, grab some peaches. Now, it's so hot over there. This was uh, south of Spain, La Línea de la Concepción was where we were staying. Oh, look at you busting out the <laughs> old Spanish. Well, that, that was the name of the town. So anyway, my flatmate had been there for a while. He spoke fluent Spanish. I'd only been there a few months and I could get by, but not... Not really good. My vocab was pretty Yeah, great. yeah. Okay. So I see these things, and it's got P-E-C-H-E for these peaches, you know. And I'm like, So I, I, I walk up, and I there's this little old lady. You know how the Mediterranean women are just like... This is like old, a stereotypical... Old, oh, yeah. Little old, crinkly-eyed, crinkly-faced woman, sort of little hunched down. And I'm like, um, un kilo de picha, por favor. And okay. she... Her, her mouth just opens. Um, you can see both teeth, and, um, and she's smart. Yeah. She's just, just her eyes just widen, and I'm like, oh man, maybe she's deaf. So I said, and and then she goes, ke ke, which is what? Yeah. And I was like, uh, un kilo de picha por favor, and she's like, ah, oh! and she starts waving her arms and rattling off Spanish really quickly, and gets all the other people. From the um, the other stalls, Scotia, 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 which okay. is Scotia means listen. I sort of yeah. knew this, and I'm like, yeah, maybe she is deaf and she just can't understand what I'm <laughs> saying. So uh. um, they're all there and they're all going, what, 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 what? And I'm like, if I said, oh, okay, un kilo de picha, por favor, and they all just totally piss themselves laughing. 
just at that moment, Gary, this English guy, that, my flatmate that uh, had been... Oh, the fluent Spain, speaker turns he up. He goes, what did you just say? And I told him, and he goes, ah, yes, I see your problem. So see that little hat on the E? So it's P-E with a little hat ah, on yes. it, C-H-E. That's pish. Pish is peach. Pisha is penis. <laughs> And these girls were still uh, laughing. The eye went bright red. I did get a lot of peaches in my kilo of peaches. I think they felt sorry for me. So I'm sure was... they did. I'm sure they did. <laughs> you would have felt pretty special. That's how you learn a language, you know. You, you have just... to fully immerse yourself in it. And you just, you just give it a go. Yeah, yeah. So after six months, I was actually um, translating for people who had been living there for two, three years. Craziness. Yeah, I never knew that. Because English, a lot of the English... Wouldn't even try. Yeah, even yeah. Try. But yeah. Anyway, did you have a story? Have we got time? Yeah, we've got time. We'll stretch it out. My story, if you imagine the warehouse, which is a big shop here in New Zealand, if you didn't know what that was, at Christmas time, it's absolutely very, very busy. There's lots and lots of people around. I think I had a voucher or something. I don't know. And I was there and I was buying an actual CD. So this was quite a few years ago. And what they do here is they don't, do any returns on CDs or DVDs in case you obviously copy them and pirate them. So before they do that, they make sure that they hold the CD up and show you that there's no scratches on this thing. And That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you, you take up the CD case and then they run it through a drawer with a million little envelopes and they pull out your CD and then go to show you. As the chick pulls it out, she says, in her loudest voice possible, to everyone within like 100 metres of where I was standing... Oh my god, there's a pube on the CD. <laughs> and uh, if everyone like spun around and looked at me, and I was just like, well, obviously, I just didn't put it on there, but you know, I couldn't really say anything. So, <laughs> and, then, and then she sort of she put that to the side and then got me another, another clean copy. And uh, yeah, that was that was my embarrassing story. That. I can think of. <laughs> That's hilarious. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll tell my more embarrassing story at a, another t- another time. Ah, uh, very good. I'll so that, that's pretty much us for today, I think, is it? That is. Yeah, we'll wrap this up. Yep. So um, those of you listening, uh, don't forget to check out the show notes on the Chris and Sam Podcast dot com, and also. Um, yeah, make sure if you're watch, uh, listening to us in iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your podcasting software is, hit that subscribe yeah, button. Yeah, make sure to subscribe Yeah, and, and uh, share it with anyone that would like to hear us talk about things. Tell your friend about it. Tell your friend. All right, cheers. Okay, see ya. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.